Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in and join on the show. Demi Lachey is here in studio next to my main man, Captain Kurt Felt Keller in the building as well. I'll be here for a while. And we also have <laughs> Kwame uh, out on assignment, He's but on assignment. allegedly supposed him. to be calling in, allegedly. Just texted me, so I think he is. Okay. Yeah. Kurt, is Monday. Happy June 6th. Happy birthday to my younger sister, 21st birthday. Coming off an eventful weekend. I'll bet. We're not going to go. Was today her birthday? Today is her official birthday. But she was out drinking this weekend. Yes. Kids these days. Kids these days. Right. I was saying the same thing. Sitting right next to her. Oh, my goodness. Was she out here this weekend? No, she she lives out here. She's an ASU student. She's one of you. She's she's an ASU student. I'm a sun devil, man. (laughs) She's she's one of those, but... Happy birthday to her. Um, well, I didn't realize that you had a sister out here. Busy. Yeah. Whole family's out here. Is that right? Sisters, nieces. Yeah. So when did they all come out? Two years before I did. Really? They beat okay. me to it because okay. they wanted to get my sister into uh, in-state tuition. She oh, makes sense. She loved to come to ASU. So wow. They made that move to making sure that they are considered, you know, Arizona yeah. um, homers. And, yep. and so she can Gotta get be the, a that. that that Bill can cut down. So Absolutely. And they loved they, they loved it out here to begin with. And I came and visited a couple times and See, I had everybody followed way. me here. Right. After I, by my sophomore end of my sophomore year, my uh, two younger sisters and parents moved out here. Okay. And then everybody ended up everybody followed ended up coming out here. And then I moved to Florida for a while. And then my mom and sister moved out there and it's Jeez, if y'all gonna keep <laughs> if y'all gonna keep following me, I'm gonna live where I want to live. I'd rather live in Arizona. Right. So I moved back here, and lo and behold, sister and mom moved back here, okay. and everybody's yeah. so everybody's here. So everybody's here again. Yeah, Once everybody's again. here. That's good. Everybody's here in beautiful Arizona. Oh yeah, that's good. My brother lives in Sedona. Much right, nicer right, there. right. So he's holding it down then. Yeah. Busy so, weekend. So you're suffering, and, and so I'm. So I understand that this is now. I get it. Now you you get were it. out celebrating with your sister, and I was playing host too. So oh. everything Dimery goes through you. So you, you, you were the one instigating the underage drinking of your sister. I made sure that, that it was clear. That's all. That's and a, it was okay, acceptable. Breaking for her the law. To do this. It's breaking the law. Arizona laws. Where's Doug Bremer? <laughs> <laughs> Dougie, call in. Arizona laws. <laughs> Drop by. She was allowed to step into the nightclub 48 hours prior to her 21st birthday. What? That's what I was told. Oh. <laughs> hey, somebody call in and, and correct that, please. There's no way. It, she had to wait it, till midnight on uh, well, Saturday night to, to, I, to officially I, walk in the door. I can't. Yeah, exactly. So 48 hours before, no. No. Oh, my goodness. You think I'm going to argue that? No. No wow. way. And I had some family that flew into town and some cousins and some cousins that just moved here as well. Like you said, everybody follow. Everybody's, Everybody's coming now. So yeah. it's it, it was a hosting. I, I was just a host. Just yeah. call me and, you know, I'll, I'll get it situated. 
Then I got sick a little bit, so I'm like, man. That's what happens when you drink too much alcohol. That's called a hangover. No, not one of those. <laughs> not, not one of those sickness, but uh, more like a cold, chest cold. Uh, anyway, eventful weekend. <laughs> a lot of sports. It was a game being played yesterday. Uh, was there? Condolences go out to the great one. The Absolutely. No. I, you know, all right, I've got a pet peeve. Okay. And you guys know me. I You keep those. I, I do have those. I am challenged by the way so many of the black athletes that were paying great respect to him said he is only for the black people. And I feel like mm. Ali transcended everything where he talked about peace and loving amongst everyone. And I would say that he influenced me as a white guy mm-hmm. as much as anybody else was ever influenced. He taught me a lot about tolerance, about about understanding others and and standing up for what you believe in. And I I, I know I'm not the only one, but it was it was uh, I I don't feel like this is a black community loss. I feel like this is a humanitarian loss for I, all of us. I agree with that. No, so. no doubt about that. I, I agree hands down about that. And I can understand coming from the black community and what they're presenting and what they're trying to represent. But it's, it's more Muhammad Ali was way more than just oh. the black culture. And Absolutely. It's you think about Martin Luther King, even though he represented the black culture, but, he still impacted. But he talked the, about that all the time he where he wasn't world. just yeah. representing Right. Black culture. Exactly. He talked about that he was representing everybody that is that is being prejudiced, period. And, yeah. and you know, prejudice, it, it's rampant. We know this. Mm-hmm. And, and it, but it happens to everyone. And, and that, that was the other thing. I think Martin Luther King, too, was a transcendent individual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, you're, if, if you pay attention, he also had crowds that were mixed crowds, just like Ali's. I mean, you have... I that's that's where we all need to get to. Now, granted, aspiring to be a Martin Luther King or Muhammad Ali right. is going to be very difficult for all of us to comprehend, but it just shows the love and compassion for humanity that both individuals had. And I believe that that's what we need to focus on and where we need to go. You know, we've talked about this a bunch of times on this show and, and, and off the air as well, that until we can have a discussion about race, race mm-hmm. relations in the open – all the time, that's the only way it's going to get better. We have these little sliver conversations and stuff. If we can't talk about it honestly, and, you know, as you guys, you guys have told me many times, I'll say, listen, I can never say, I can never say I understand what it's like to be a minority because, you know, I went, I was in Detroit and I was the only white guy there. And mm-hmm. I will never understand what that's like. Right. Never understand the prejudice that happened day in, day out, 24-7. Right. I will never understand mm-hmm. it. I can empathize, right. but I can't say I understand it. And anybody who says that they do is foolish. And because we were so blessed with the opportunity to hear the voice of Muhammad Ali for several years, decades of just, yeah. even though, like you said, you would never understand, but because the light that he put, that light that he shined mm-hmm. on everyone in the world, in the country, you could at least elaborate and understand where the heck he is coming from. Even with you being, you know, the only white gentleman in Detroit at the time. Yeah. With his strength and what he was saying, his impactful just voice, 
impacted you? You know, you can yeah. speak on that. I, I, you know, I, I'm the same way. Minorities, I guess, the black culture as well. Do you think sports has changed, gave us more of a cultural understanding of, of minorities and different ethnic groups because we played sports and we were, it, it wasn't my black teammate or my white teammate or my Hispanic teammate or my Japanese teammate. It was my teammate. Right. And yeah. you went to war with your teammates. Absolutely. I think, you know, I, you know, I came from, I was a poor farm boy from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. but you know, there were, there were very few blacks in my school, but we competed all the time yeah. in, in, uh, in black communities. And, and I was, I think that was a great advantage for me as an individual to have that early experience of, of the, you know, treating everybody alike. Yeah. And we do also, we do have Kwame here on the lines as well. I believe, I, now from what you're saying, I think sports, period, helped. I don't think it's, I think it's evolved now from where we are today than where it's ever been before. It's going to just keep going yeah. on a culture existing, black, whites, bringing everyone together, Hispanics, whatever, you know, whatever race you're a part of. I think it's always been that way. I think sports has always done it. Agreed. And it's, it's it's getting bigger and better now that it's touching more of the world, of the more of the outsiders. Not about being an athlete. Like, it just in uh, society, period. It's building that. You're seeing guys play together on the court, like you're saying. You hear the conversations. You hear, I mean, just for so long, how long sports has been doing this with teams and teammates, people are watching this. People are becoming fans. Now you can go to certain places, have conversations about uh, sports topics and lean on to other, you know, things to, in which what I've read about, because that's all we can do in school beforehand, this was not going on. This was not being talked about as mm-hmm. much. And now that I'm seeing it in, in, in life and the environment it is, that we're in today, I think sports is a huge impact. Yeah. Kwame, what do you think? And, and are athletes not utilizing their platform enough to talk about social issues because I think there's a fine line between those that talk about social issues but are idiots and those that can actually handle it with the maturity and responsibility of a Muhammad Ali or a Martin Luther King. My quick response to the question is, no, they do not. I think most athletes are complete idiots. I think they, are, they have been brainwashed to, to the point where money became more powerful and maybe even fame without having to stick up for your rights. There's nothing wrong. I don't care what color you are, who you are, where you're from. There's nothing wrong with sticking up for your rights and what you believe or deem to be fair. When, when, when most black people say, I'm pro-black, other people think that you are you prejudiced or you're racist, which, which is far from the case, which means you like you black first. You want to see your community fixed up first and then being able to live in a society where everybody is equal. Uh, it's not that... There's a lot of pro-white people that's my friends that they they fall white first as far as they want to see their community get get better. We we deem we put people in so many categories that is is ridiculous. Like you can't even say certain words where someone is saying, "Oh, you this person or you that person." That's not in case you're not even hearing what I'm saying or listening to what I'm saying. Pro-black doesn't mean that I don't stick up for somebody else. That means that I need to fix these this group over here first. And if you got a platform to do that. Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, who never done it, uh, because the powers that be won't allow you to do that, because I'm going to take your endorsement, 
you put fourth and foremost in your um, in your vision, your sight. I understand you want to win championships. You want to be all this and that as far as the your sports and your dreams and your goals are. But you got a platform to see right and wrong. If you don't say anything, I always had a problem with those type of things and those athletes. And then when you get entertainers, other outsider athletes, which musicians and stuff like that, I think they might speak on it more. But they have the same consequences as far as the music business is concerned. Uh, how when mm-hmm. your albums get played, when they get released. Uh, but I, I think they don't do it. Long story longer. I think they don't do it because of the consequences of uh, their dreams and their goals. Uh, I think it's unfair that they don't do it because of the platform they do have. Yeah, that's uh, the, it, it's definitely a major challenge. I think there are a few people that have handled that well. Jim Brown also comes to mind as... Yeah. Someone yeah. and to your point, Kwame, he would he would talk about the black community first, but he talked about the black community in a way that it was totally integrated with with equality for everyone. But he was sticking up right. like, for the black community as, first. As to say, don't settle. Right. You don't exactly. To, you don't need to settle. You you can every. My my thing is what bothers me the most when we get into these type of conversations. This situation is. When you're trying to do something for your own people, people have a problem with it. It's not that I'm, it's, I'm trying to do something for them because it's not being done. That's the that's the reason. If we can fix that problem, uh, every, everybody, and we could easily say everyone is equal, which we know that's not the case. But if I'm just trying to fix the community, get them to understand, you have a voice, you have a meaning, your definition to that meaning is go out and get things done. Uh, don't settle. More so right. than anything, do not settle. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Well said, Young Lassiter. Young Lassiter. Well said. I try my best. No. So, yes, that was that was a terrible passing. Uh, but, you know, in, in many ways, I'm really happy that Muhammad Ali passed because clearly he was at a point in life where, you know, the, the Parkinson's and other things that he's had because of the, his, his career yes. um, had, had truly impacted his life. So... Um, he was not the same person as he used to be, and and uh, so I'm glad the suffering and everything is over two, for Muhammad two my, Ali. Two of my favorite people has it in uh, Michael J. Fox and uh, Muhammad Ali, and it's it. Yeah, I, I, you hate to see those guys suffer uh, yep. with Parkinson because when you do watch Muhammad Ali, you actually see that this guy's still sharp, but he can't do some things because of the nerves that right. uh, Parkinson bring on, and that's. And that makes us sad because we hate to see somebody that we like. Even even I go as simple as, or maybe as nature as your own kid. When they're sick and they have a cold, there's nothing you can do about it but sit there right. and suffer with them. You put the medicine in them, and you got to wait for that to take its toll. Yeah. But it's, for you, somebody you like, like a Muhammad Ali and, and Michael J. Fox and those guys, and then whomever out there has it, it, it's nothing you can really do about it. And that's the sad part. Yeah. Right. I mean, just saying thank you to Muhammad Ali, it's... Obviously, not not even close to enough. I mean, he's opened up yeah. the doors for me and my generation. And call me talk about athletes taking advantage of their platform. I mean, he was the original. He yep. was the one that done it, and not only impacted the game of boxing and a sport of boxing, but just life, society, world itself. I mean, that's that's incredible. And he's on my Mount Rushmore. If you consider oh. of, of an athlete, he's, I, of people, he's there. Of people, period. Of people. I'd put them up there as people because what he talked about was the responsibility for us, our rent to be on this earth, Mm -hmm. is to go out and improve society for all. That's what he he proclaimed, and that's what he went out and did. He didn't just talk about it. He did it. 
He right. absolutely yeah. went out and did it. So uh, he was the most beloved yeah, human out there. I mean, at all costs. Yes, at all costs. Mm-hmm. And, and clearly, as a gentleman who has Parkinson's, and, but he left himself vulnerable for people to see that side of him as well. It showed a very compassionate human side of, of Muhammad Ali, not just somebody who would beat your brains in, too, if you, know, if you got in the ring with him. He was, uh, he was, he was an amazing man in all, in all aspects. But, but clearly, as a human, um, it's hard to not have him as a standard bearer as a human. All right. And he was uh, residing he out was, here he, in Arizona he as well, a, right? Yeah. He needs some statues somewhere. He needs a statue in a couple places on this planet. He needs one here in Arizona, and probably, I'm sure that they'll do one in Louisville, but he definitely needs one out here in Arizona because he's lived out here for the last almost 30 years. Yeah. I think right. he has and one. And as you all, Kurt, I ask you, because I don't, I don't know if Denver been to it, but if you have, you can chime in on it. Um, the um, fight night, that's when I um, met Muhammad Ali at fight night. Yeah. It was all for him and the benefits yep. and the charities he do. I thought that was an amazing event, man. One of my oh. favorites because of people who showed up and came out to support. Yes. Yes, I mean, and again, here's a guy who reached to all areas within the community. Mm-hmm. He was not just singular for the black community. He reached into every person in the community. He was a humanitarian at the highest level. Yeah. Carmen Lester, Sports you, you Talk Show. Remember, uh, the, uh, I watch the interviews all the time, but I can't think of the guy's name right now. He's overseas. That he, that Muhammad Ali, became real close friends, like, like uh, Howard Cosell and Ali. Right. But... Mm. They became such great friends in their interview, it just looked like they were the best of friends. But both of them were fighting for the same issues, more so rights for everybody, not just, and Mom Lee had his plight and his platform to do it, and then the guy in Europe, I, I can't think of his name right now, but I'll look it up. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to But it was awesome just to see that. their relationship, how it took hold, and, and, and kind of like what I, uh, I go off the subject, but with Archie Bunker, I said he's a complete idiot. When you don't know better, you call him racist and all this stuff. When Archie Bunker, he was just ignorant to the cause. He thought his way was the way. It was right. also a sense where he just didn't know better. When you know better, you start to do better and say the right things. And then and later on in his show, down in a couple of series later, he became this well-rounded person. As far as everybody has a right to be here. Everybody has a right to be equal. Sure. And then you saw, what happened to this idiotic guy who was prejudiced and racist, but he was never that. Mm-hmm. He was just ignorant to life, to the world. In all aspects of, of humans, we've got to realize that most people are trying to do the best they have, they, they can, with what they have, with how they're equipped. And when I hear ignorant people, I just go, all right, so your ceiling's pretty low. I see that now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so my expectations of them is going to be limited, but there is always the opportunity to try to educate and move them forward through the sense of education and understanding and communication. And, again, we've talked about this a million times, and, and Kwame, I don't know if you heard my little rant before you jumped on, but, you know, you and I have talked about that until we as the American public can have the dialogue of talking about race relations in the open and very blunt and honest about it, yeah. we're not going to be successful. I mean, we can get to more of this. We do got to jump into a break. Uh, after the break, we're going to have a lot more to discuss. It's Monday, June 6th. So we'll be right back after this break. Woohoo!
making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events arts and entertainment leadership parenting relationships self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, welcome back in to the Prime Last of the Sports Talk Show. Just jumped out the first segment, ready to get into the second one. Live in studio, Demi Lache. Kurt Felt Keller here as well, Captain Kurt. We also have Mr. Kwame Lasseter here on the lines, out and about. It's on assignment. One. Now, there was a game being played last night. Was there? Allegedly. <laughs> it was, to me, it was more of an open practice, but uh, they considered it an NBA game, NBA finals game at that, game two. I, I can't wait for game three, and I'll tell you why. So we can get this over with and get well, focused back on football or baseball that's exactly. going on right now. So some real, some real games that's being played right Actually, now. Actually, there was a real game played last night by the Diamondbacks, and, and kudos to you guys for Absolutely. stepping up big time, Diamondbacks. And I hate baseball, but, you know. <laughs> Do you, Kurt? <laughs> I, you, no, I don't hate it. That's, that, that's a little bit harsh. But, but I have total respect for the Diamondbacks getting to Arietta for the first time since July 20th of last year. He suffered his first loss. Yes. Are you freaking kidding me? Yes. That's awesome. But back to the game. I can't wait until game three because this is where Cleveland with the hometown crowd is going to give their very best effort. Okay. What do you I mean think hometown it's gonna, crowd? What well, they'll be back that? in Cleveland. Yes. So they've got the next three games in Cleveland. Next three games will be in Cleveland. So is it more of a... Is it, is it three games in Cleveland? It's yeah. Three finals, they go 2-3-2. Two, three, two, three, two. Yeah, they go 2-3-2. Two, two, three, two. Two. Get it over with. Yeah. So I might change my... From 5-4. to four. Uh, But... <laughs> But I think I think so. Here's the thing. I think um, I think sadly we were suspecting this all throughout the playoffs because Cleveland looks so good. But we were saying, is is Cleveland really this good, or is the East really this bad? I think the championship series was OKC and uh, Golden State, 
And yeah, that was that was a good game. That was a game worth watching. That was yeah. See, if they had the wherewithal to even come back from a three-one deficit, you mentioned. Oh. Uh, we all thought that if Oklahoma won this game, the game against the Golden State Warriors, then they was going to beat whomever in the final because we had the conversation about yep. the East being weak and those guys. Uh, don't have any competition. But then we looked at LeBron and how much he talked about Kyrie and Kevin Love and how they look good. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Love, Kevin Love get plucked in the head and he did it. He can't play anymore. Now you're playing against some competition where you got to show and pull. You figure if I'm on the court, I got to make it happen. If I'm off the court, they can't say anything bad about me. Right. So I don't know what these guys are. If they, if they lose this third game at home, I think it's over. I think it's over anyway, but yes. you never know in basketball. We just watched the 3-1 come back with the Golden State Warriors. But I don't know if they have enough of those guys over there to say, we can do it. We still, as long as we got a game to play, we still got a chance to win it. I think I, they got those guys in clear. Golden State needs to just start their second team and see what happens. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Kwame, you hit it right on the head. Yes. We just seen greatness from no, the Golden State Warriors. Second quarter, I mean, uh, third quarter, because I still go by the will of a man and the human nature. You just can't piss people off and just fight them, fight them, just to fight them. And although we would, lo- I would love to see that also. Just watch the second team, and, and if it's twenty-one nineteen, uh, Cleveland, that's what it is. Now let's bring our dogs back, and now they have to prepare for. They have to prepare for a whole different dynamic and a football and a basketball game that has implications on. We are completely done if we lose this one at home. I mean, how hilarious is it that Steph Curry played 24 minutes last night? Right. Steph Curry in played 20 minutes. In the NBA Finals, and you still win the game by 30. By 30. <laughs> that is crazy, yeah. That is crazy. You know what? And here's to your comment, Kurt. Everybody may mention, even the Cleveland Cavaliers, we want them. We got all our, we got all our guys back, and everybody's helping. We want them. Yeah, they never thought asked. about how bad Golden State wanted them for even saying they only won because Kyrie went down. Right. Kyrie is good. His game was stepped up from last year, but he's not Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson, Dre, even that idiot Draymond showed out and showed up yesterday. Yep. Um, Bob Bosa came in and does what Bob Bosa do. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, 30, 24 points. I think it was 24 points for 20. Oh, would he have 18 points? Who, Barbosa? Clay, uh, Steph oh. Curry. Yeah. And set on yeah. the bench for the rest of the game. Yeah. That's amazing. You, you're not, the psyche of all that is, you, are you really ready for these guys? Are we, can we even compete? We, we going against their second team, and hey. we lost by 30. Hey, I think, I think the person who made the best move had to be Kevin Love. Took a little bump on the back of the head, and he decides, okay, I've had enough. I don't want to be implicated in how bad this team is. Oh, my God. I'm telling you what, the, the trade talks for Kevin Love have just been renewed. Kevin Love might say, I think he quit, but also he might be saying what you're saying, Kurt. Look, if I'm not on court, that shows they need me, and I, that also shows that I wasn't part of that debacle that just happened. But yeah. the best player, arguably LeBron James on the court, who's, Giving heads, so I should be on that team last night and got some heads. Yeah. Kyrie was completely invisible yes. last night. Ten completely. Points. Ten points, one assist, three rebounds, one assist. How about Jr. Jr. Smith, your, your starting shooting guard, six shot six shot attempts. So he's had nine shot attempts in two games. Two games. He shoots that many going to the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that dude. I, he doesn't know not how to hoist it up. There's no ball movement. 
None whatsoever. You get 24 seconds on the shot clock every possession. You have to find some movement on that offense. They are really uh, a real. They making a series out of this. They trying to get an episode or reality show. Who shot Jr. Because this guy is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Dang, the series is coming back. Y'all coming with the, Jr. Man, y'all coming with so much shade on a Monday. Well, it's it's no. This is just this is just observation. This is not analysis. Just observation. But I got to tell you, Cleveland's in a world of hurt, and. And I will say, I still think they're going to lose game three, but I think it's going to, they're only going to lose by about 10. This series is, is <laughs> not, not Not 20, not 30, just by 10? Just by 10, because I think they're going to be inspired. And all, all Golden State has to do is survive, be within 15 at halftime, they will win. Now, who do you put the blame I on? Think they, I think they lose this game. They don't. They're not going back to Cleveland at all. Where, where do you and, put the? And I'm glad. I mean, say it again. I was just going to ask. Where do you? Who do you put the blame on? Where does the blame go to? Do you look towards LeBron? Do you I, look I, towards I, I Kyrie? Do you look towards Tyron Lue? I mean, it's obviously the experience is showing right now with Tyron Lue in his new coaching gig. It's, I put the blame on uh, them guys even talking last year about that nonsense. You, you, I see one thing I've never done. I don't think I've ever. T- I did it once in high school. I never did it again. Was underestimate my opponent. I yeah. we should have blown the team away by thirty some points. We beat that team seven zero. I would never underestimate human nature and what guys are doing. You got to remember, they are professionals. Yeah. They are there for a reason. Whether they're the best at what they job, they're the best in Cleveland. That Cleveland thought that was the team. These are the guys that are going to get us to where we need to be. They are in the finals. I don't care. I'm not with everybody that say I hope LeBron wins because I don't hate to see him lose his sixth final or be at the finals that many times and only have two of them. I'm not. That is not me. You win, you win. You have the better team. Everybody had an opportunity to orchestrate their team the way they want to, the way, the way they thought it would take them deep in the playoffs and maybe to the finals. Golden State just happened to be that team that has all the pieces hit. Everybody's, uh, you know, guys go there not trying to be the superstar, not that they can't be. They understand their roles. They're not in the press saying, "Give me." They're not Draymond Green saying, "I should have the ball more. I should be shooting more." When right. I know Clay Thompson, Steph Curry is where, how we're going to win these games. And then to disrespect the MVP, period. LeBron James saying that he's the MVP. Then he adds a conjunction. Then he adds a butt to it. Why would you do that? Just say he's the MVP this year. Nobody voted for you yeah. as many times as they voted for Steph Curry. So he's the MVP. So don't even worry about the. The butt part of it. Just Nobody voted. Let it be. All, all you did was piss Steph Curry off. I, I, I'm rambling, but goddamn, it's, <laughs> these guys, you know, these grown men, they, they come with more excuses than a, than a little kid. If, if the babies are crying, what they gonna do? Right. Well, I think I think you guys made a great point. I mean, you watched when Golden State, Golden State moves that ball so fast around the court. There's such great spacing. You, you seldom see an isolation. It comes off of a cut and a, a backdoor pass, any of those. That's what you're seeing with Golden State. Uh, I'm with you, Demery. C- you know, Cleveland's out there creating a campfire and everybody's standing around it. Right. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not doing anything from a team perspective. They're not moving. They're not cutting. They're not slashing. They're not even, you know, I'll tell you what, they, they tried to take the ball to the hole early in the game. Bogut. I'm sorry, but 
where did he turn into Will Chamberlain? <laughs> because he blocked he blocked four shots. Yeah. Like in the first like in the first three minutes he blocks four shots and they stopped going to the hole. Yeah. They were done. Said, okay, I guess he's really hard to get it by him. We're gonna stop. <laughs> I don't get it. Come on, people, step up. You, you have to. Yeah, I mean you, you just they got to give an effort. It was really pathetic last night. I, I didn't even want to. They watch. quit. I didn't even want to watch it. Like I, I, I turned, I turned away from the channel. I, it was boring. It was pathetic on an effort standpoint. There was no offense. There was no, like Cleveland. What, what are y'all running right now? What are y'all running on defense? Is there any communication going during these timeouts? Like what was being talked about? What was being discussed? All Tyrone Lou needs to do is say, "Hey, take a look at how their ball moves. That's what we used to do." Before we ran into this, absolutely. Series. That's what all he's got to say. What happened? Take a million dollars and kidnap Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What about Draymond? Draymond hey, put up twenty-eight. Hey, at one hell of a third Bobby, quarter. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that would do it. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna do it. You can give. You can add another Draymond Green to the team, but you kidnap them two guys, and and you might have a chance. But is that bench? Comes off and they give a fuck like no other bench in the league. Livingston will still tear those guys up anytime he's called them. I mean, he even did it last night where he was not trying to be offensive, but he still scored. It was like he scored anytime he wanted. Yeah. And he is such a if mismatch problem. If Livingston was on the Cleveland Cavaliers, it'd be 1 1. It'd be a 1 1 series right now. Yeah. 1 1. I can see that. Yeah, he's, I, he's a difference maker. He's a. I've always liked his style of play, but then you see what he does. His results, <laughs> man. He's he's a he's a guy that makes a difference. Is he six nine? He's considered six six. God, he looks I a lot taller. Six than that. seven. They say he's six seven. He looked taller than LeBron. Six seven. I'm looking at. You think so? He looked taller than LeBron last night when I saw him standing next to each other. Looked like he was taller. But the way he shoots the ball, it's it. Because LeBron, he shrunk LeBron by his play. Well, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> but nobody's blocking his shot. I mean, you can't block his shot. Not with a point guard. No, not with you, a point you guard. can't Maybe block it with a center. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that he guy, was shooting over everybody. He's a smooth he shot, operator. He shot over LeBron. Court. Yeah. He was shooting. He's just, he releases that ball at about 11 feet. Yeah. He's so, just a smooth operator, man. Oh, he's he gets awesome. on the court, he plays 24 minutes, and it seems like he's making an impact like he's been on the court for about 30 40 minutes. I mean, his his so mid-range, smooth, man. His mid-range jumper. Like you say he can get a so shot hard. off anytime he wants. Mm. He went 3 for 4 last night. How many people can create for Cleveland? 1, 2, maybe 2. How many people on that team? Yeah, exactly. How many people on the team? Yeah. Well, and and how many people can create for uh for Golden State? You got the entire starting 5 plus then Barbosa, Livingston, um, uh, Iguodala, all of those guys can create on their own. They, if they need to, but that's why the ball moves so they much. They all can, except for Bogut and Azili. Yeah, because yeah. I haven't seen Verzal do it in Game One. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Well, you know, Livingston's going to do something that uh, that uh, our boy uh, LeBron couldn't. He's actually going to get Verzal a ring. Oh. <laughs> yep, LeBron couldn't do it. The best thing about Cleveland, they ha- they're looking at three games. Obviously, they need to focus that one game at a time. But you get three at home. That's your best chance. That's that's just sparks something out of out of all in them. I 
I say they're going to lose game three, they'll win game four, and lose game five. I don't, I don't know. I, I think Friday might be our last NBA game of this. Season. I said they lose game three, they'll lose game four. Yeah. Yeah. Friday, I think Friday will, will end this series. It's going to be a sweep. I, I pick Cleveland. I'll tell you what they are doing. They are messing up my happy hour schedule. <laughs> Thank you. They need to extend this. They need to win this game. They throwing off my whole day. I get so excited uh, for, for the finals to come on all day because this – I'm not really paying attention to anything else right now <laughs> on TV besides Harrison Smith signing this huge deal. But it's I'm like, man, it's, it's, like Kwame says, it's messing up the happy hour. Like I, I come here that. to celebrate watching the game, watching great basketball, and it's being pathetic. I'd rather watch Portland and Golden State go at it once again. I I don't disagree God, with you. I'd rather I, I don't disagree. They let me down right now, Cleveland. I well, I did call it in five, so I might be wrong. It might only be four. Taken to the woodshed twice. I still, um, for things to happen, for my prediction to happen, which I don't ha- hope it happens, but I went six Golden State. I went six Cleveland, seven. If it's not a sweep, I think I went six Cleveland, seven Golden State. Yeah. Because uh, I just thought, you know, I bought into the BS with everybody else. Oh, look at this Cleveland Cavaliers team sweeping everybody. I keep neglecting they play in the East, and I don't care what people say. There's a difference in your battle. When we used to play... The uh, NFC, the NFC East, and then we go play the AFC East. There's a total different yeah. talent, little guys. Mm-hmm. You might have a few talented guys on the AFC East, maybe in San Diego, Kansas City, but not the whole team. Yep, absolutely. Well, game three is coming up on Wednesday. I, I, honestly, I probably would rather have watched Toronto play against this team. I don't know because the, just the effort, like Toronto effort, at least when they're at home. They brought some type of effort, at least. Yeah, but look how horrible they looked on the yeah. road. Yeah. They just... Not as, not as bad as what I'm watching right now. And I think I think Golden State doesn't care if they're playing on the road or at home. I, think, I don't think they care. Th- this They haven't all year. I think that's... You're right, Curry. I agree with Curry. I think they say, the only thing different here is our fans are not here. Everything basketball-wise is the same. Mm-hmm. If we put up points, the referee can't get in the way of that. Yep, just make exactly. sure we get up and make them struggle to come back. Cleveland, yeah. Well, Cleveland can't put the the ball in the hole. They can't throw the ball in the ocean because right now. Because they are worried about... They're scared to death. They're too worried about what Golden State is doing or what yeah. they're going to do rather than focusing on what are we doing. It's obvious. Right. You get Wednesday, take that time, get together, have a cool by uh, wherever y'all go in Cleveland. <laughs> go do that. Uh, we do have to take uh, another I- break here. <laughs> we do have to take another break. After the break, we got some NFL news to talk about. Kwame's favorite safety, Harrison Smith, gets paid. Big payday. Also, some other NFL news as well. You Jeez. listen to Kwame last of the Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Oh, you didn't think we can do it again? Twister. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back in to the last segment from the last sports talk show. Jimmy Garcia is here. In studio, Kurt Felkeller, Captain Curry, had to jump out. He had a dental appointment. Tommy Lasseter is here, live and direct, calling our way from Lawrence, Kansas, in which he's uh, giving me some play-by-play of a 707 tournament because right now it is that time of year during uh, camps and college college coaches are allowed to host camps, try to bring in more recruits, reaching out to the younger high school athletes and getting a chance to see these kids play right in front of them or just getting an opportunity for these kids to develop their game and getting it the Kansas way for Speaking of the Jayhawks, but they do it everywhere. My school does it. They're doing their tour right now. ASU, uh, I know they had theirs going this weekend as well, and it was a lot of music being played at the stadium. So some of the kids, the high school kids, who are looking to either go to that school or just get the experience of practicing like a college athlete, they get to get hands-on with it and get the whole experience so they can learn, develop, and get better and hopefully take over that field one day. And it, and it makes sense and it's, uh, in regards to I have that satellite camps I could do. I have the month of June to hold camps anywhere I want to. Right. I have an opportunity to talk to any coaches. We, we saw the conflict, or if it was a conflict, but we saw the conversation with the Alabama coach and the Michigan coach of how they yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. I don't see why it's not fair. If everybody can do something, it's fair. Right. It's just you got to step your game up as a coach and say, well, we're going to keep our guys here. I shouldn't have a problem with a coach from somewhere else coming to my city or my state. I feel like I'm the best coach. I got the best team. My record shows that. So what Kansas is doing right now, they hold them. They give them away their, the land and property stadium and everything. All these teams around the Kansas are coming here, and they're holding the 7-on-7. What's interesting about the 7-on-7 that we don't see in Arizona is they're not tackling, but they have on helmets and shoulder pads, but they are throwing up. So I think it's even better with the empty. It prevents you from being injured uh, in a sense because no one's hitting you hard enough where they have to take you down. Right. I know in Arizona and other places, like when I get back, I have to take the boys to San Diego for a 7-on-7. They wear these little skull caps on their head, yeah. and that is it. I kind of like the idea of having a shoulder pads and helmets on 
uh, maybe a thin layer of the shoulder pads, the skeletons, at least have those on. Right. Uh, but because you're not tackling, but you are getting ready for a season. You are getting ready, and this is the only time of Kansas allowed to do this. Yeah, it was, it was a couple of camps, I, camps I went to. I know, I remember for sure I went to a Ball State uh, football camp in the month of June when I was back in high school, and we had to wear shoulder pads, helmets. It's just to protect the – so it, it builds some type of prote- uh, protection for you because you're running around, flying around, doing 707, doing uh, 101s, and the whole nine yards in that standpoint, everything except 11 on 11. So I think it helps protect the player, protect the athlete, and – because you have it on helmet, shoulder pads, and you're not really fully going at it. But we also put on, like, slides. So we had on our thigh pads with the girdle underneath some shorts. So, you know, you, you can – and honestly, I, I like that aspect of it because I'm showing the coach. Everything you saw on my film and tape, you can see this in person as well with helmet and shoulder pads on. And, you know, I can still go after the football. You see quarterbacks, they can still throw. They, you're looking at them right in person. Of them putting on the helmet, shoulder pads, almost a game-type feeling. So – I think it's a great idea. I remember when I first got out here, when Kwame, you did mention kids in 707 camps that you went to out here, they just wearing just like a, uh, almost like an old leather helmet type deal when they're doing 707. I thought that was a great idea. I was like, wow, at least it's some type of head protection. And if any collision go on, you know, at least they're protected some way, helping out their brain. But, you know, and you're seeing this end of it. Yeah, this has been going on since I was in high school. So I was used to seeing camps like that. When I, when I participate in 707 camps. Yeah, and it, it's actually good, man. It is, uh, you know, we talk about how football was and, and what it is, even so what it is now, but they are taking prevention and making sure these kids are out here. It is, you know, it is the greatest game. You don't know who you are, where you're from, but overall, people say, and I've said this, that football exposes everything about you as a person, so it is the ultimate team sport. There's other sports that we like that I say that I like is baseball. I like basketball, but ultimately, basketball can turn on a one-on-one match. You can't do one-on-one matches in football. And this is a league who had Deion Sanders in it, who was an ultimate, you know, one-man machine. But there was nothing he could have done successfully by himself on a football field with the uh, 21 other guys. So right. this is uh, the ultimate team sports as far as characteristic and what it builds in you, what it instills in you, how it exposes you. How right. it makes you grow up, how it makes you a man, if you will. I don't. I say that in just in tongue in cheek because I don't like a um, kid out of high school coming here and all of a sudden he's supposed to be a man. Whether that be knowing right from wrong or what he's doing, this guy's fresh out of high school. He's still a kid. Yeah. I don't also like the uh, a freshman going against some guys that's ultimately going pro next year. So I think they should go back to um, freshman teams. They should move back to those leagues where you just got a freshman team because there's no way a freshman in many cases, compete with a a senior or a junior that might be coming out that's ready for the pros or a senior in college that's ready for the pros. He's just right. going to demoralize them. You know, I thought about that as a freshman in college. Me and my friends, we talked about that. Like, man, can you imagine back a couple years ago, a couple decades, this would have been an all-freshman team. Can you imagine our freshman team going against these other freshman teams but most of us was playing because, I mean, because we were going into a pretty bad program at the time. So the coach was just looking for to get his recruits right. in, get him on the field as soon as possible. But yeah, sitting back and thinking about it, feeling. yeah, it was just disgusting. Like, man, we, we could have been just a freshman team. Can you remember how it was back then and then? 
we're go we're competing against like you said some guys who are really going putting their last effort to trying to make that next jump uh hopefully make their dreams right. come true so we went from high school kids to fighting grown men each and every day in practices then you go against other guys right, right. you go against these bigger school i'm going against penn state seeing you know some of these top level talents i'm like man i'm, I'm 18 i'm fresh i'm, I'm fresh out and <laughs> You're playing against guys that are going to the pros. Right. Or have a, at least have a legitimate chance to try out for a pro team. Exactly. And, you know, in high school, it was rare. You did not see any freshmen on the varsity football field. So, I mean, you kind of say the same thing going back towards high school, which that's why they have a system of freshmen, sometimes JV, and then a varsity, of course. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah. I can only imagine if college went back to that. That would be crazy. That would be... I, you know, it would make, I think it would make college... Uh, better i think it also will make um you have guys in college longer because you do have to play freshman ball and then you and here's what you're doing you're playing about six to eight games uh, of freshman ball you're a freshman in college you're playing six to eight games and then you can build the excitement that man i can't wait to see these guys in varsity or, or alabama or or indiana state gonna have a great senior year because of these how these guys playing as freshmen exactly and these guys don't you know you have to keep them there because now there's no real exposure. You know, you'll see a guy who stand out, and freshman may come from somewhere and say, why this freshman not on the varsity team? He can help out. Well, he's not on the varsity team because he's going to get crushed. Right. He was in high school three months ago, and that's why he's not on the varsity team. It's not that he cannot play. It's so much, it's so much information that he has to obtain and play fast with it. A lot of guys can't get that information and play fast. Exactly. Exactly. So, um... Moving on, sticking around football, man. I'm on my way into the studio. I'm getting updates on my phone all the time. And the one that came and shocked me a little bit, Vikings gave Harrison Smith the highest paid safety contract in the NFL thus far. Five-year, $51.25 million extension. That includes $10 million bonus and $15.27 million fully guaranteed. Harrison Smith. How much guaranteed? 15.27. Yes. Guaranteed. Okay, the contract is, it's a, okay, here's what it is. It's a 30 to $35 million contract, is what it is. Right. And it, but it, it, it helps against the cap. And he is a pretty good safety. And by pretty good, see, people confuse, or maybe I confuse him when I say pretty good. Pretty good to me is that I want that guy on my team. He is good. Yes. Some people think pretty good is average, but that's not me. All right, he'll say. Okay. It's a, a three-year deal worth $30 million, $30, 30 40 $35 million, something like that. Right. It's, it's great against the cap, but we know there's another state in Arizona that could get paid just like that. And, and, it's, and this guy is coming off knee surgery. And he's that good. He's that impactful, not just for the team, but what he does and, and how he changes life. You should be rewarded for having a life-changing situation and then owning up to your situation and then standing tall and changing them. Yeah. You should be worried for those things because if you've never been taught, how else do you know to do right? you got to go into a situation, create your own atmosphere, or create an atmosphere where people are doing positive things. That way it rubs off on you. Right. But yeah. he is a good safety. And then, you know what? I'm glad, I think Tyron Matthews is happy that he got it because now I get the bars even more. Yeah. So now, now the bar is set. And we talked about this last couple of weeks, just whispers and kind of off the air, like, man, Matthew Payday is about to come up. Where do you right? Well, how do you pay this guy? Do you pay him as a corner, as a safety, or just as all all around great defender, kind of like a JJ White? You know, you paying these boys 
millions or millions of dollars, these, these big contracts. So, you know, do you look at Matthew as an impactful just defensive player? How do you pay a guy like this? So now his own position, the, the bar is set now. Once again, here we go. Right. Harrison Smith, boom, you got yours. Now the bar is set. Do you look at Harrison or Matthew as a better talent than Harrison Smith? I think so, absolutely. Kurt was in here. He, he was kind of like, uh, like you said, he, Harrison Smith is pretty average. He's saying he gets beat a lot. He doesn't play man-to-man. And he also mentioned another safety in Eric Berry. Now, his, his payday coming along. I think Berry's that's, a little better than Smith. Payday too, that is a very interesting payday. Eric Berry out in, over in uh, Kansas City. Because um, he is one of the top safeties. He was. He is a pro bowler. He is an all-pro. Uh, he, he is a guy who fought through some adversity, as you alluded to, that you know, he did have cancer. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I'm one of the people that wasn't sure that if he should come back, because I thought, man, you had a great career, the career you did have. But he came back and played just as good and made a Pro Bowl. Right. Uh, but now he's coming back in a, with a contract year, and you will have to pay him. He's going to get in buy. It might even get messy. We might even see some, some rumblings, some talking about how much he got, and maybe we think he should have got more, or maybe we thought he should have got less because this is a guy who's going to tell in his career for right. playing at a high level. Whatever he has left, he is going to play at a high level with it because of the system, the defense he plays in. Right. But he is that good. So that's the answer. You bring that up, and that's interesting to see what uh, Eric Bray. I'd like to see him get everything he's worth. Yeah. But you know, you know the game like I know it. You know the, how the contracts are dealt with. Oh, yeah. And who they decide to pay. Oh, yeah. And... Well, like you said, with him coming back from cancer, I think there's no question Kansas City, they have to take care of this. They they have to. You have to pay. He's still fairly young. I mean, we're talking six years in the NFL, five or six years with Eric Berry, contract coming up, and I think he, he's going to get that top dollar pay. I, I look at him as a top five, maybe top three safety in the NFL next to Thomas in Seattle and Matthew what's going on in Arizona. Eric Berry is, is, is there. He, he he can sit at the table. Yeah, you look at look at Chancellor. Chancellor had to sit out to so get a decent contract. I think Chancellor's gonna sit out again next year. Not this year coming up, but a year after if he don't if he outplays that contract. He came back and these guys you watch uh with him and without him. Kinda like the Tyrone Matthews situation. You watch the defense with him or without him. Right. These grown men should be able to play without one guy. But that one guy does mean something to the team and we don't pay for that value. Then yeah. you discredit the whole team and saying the whole unit and saying that, well, when your contract come up, we're not gonna pay you neither. Right. See, that, that's just pay the guys what they are. Like, like the contract in Minnesota, it's a cap friendly contract. This contract probably works. That's a three year deal, in my opinion. Yeah. If he goes five years, he's a fool. I would let. It, I would the most. I would take it four years. Right. Now with with Matthew coming up, it's gonna get pretty interesting. You know, now now we get now we have to see. Like like you said before, the bar is set. It, it's time to pay this guy. I mean, do you jump into negotiations now if I'm Matthew, or I still just sit back and play the role and just wait it out a little bit more? Well, that's what the other states were doing. Yeah, it was hoping that the Cardinals signed Matthews and coming out two knee surgery in three years. It was hoping they signed him, so they say, well, if you pay this guy that much, you got to pay me a whole lot more. I don't come out. I don't have any injuries. I'm not coming off any injuries and Carlos did this for their safety. That's how you set the bar. But Tyron's situation is kind of different because he plays corner and free. And he would want to get paid as a corner instead of free safety. Yeah. Exactly. Fortunately, man, we are out of time. We got to get out of here. 
uh, I'm got to go check out this place, Berry Divine Acacia Bowls, that Kurt slid me the menu to. Looks really good. So I'm about to go check them out. But we will be back here tomorrow. We do have to get out of here. Thank you for tuning in with Demery Lachey, Kwame Lasseter here on the line, Captain Kurt earlier today. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you all tomorrow. We out. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.